Welcome to Strategic Insights, brought to you by PrideStaff. On each episode, we bring you interviews with leading management and employment experts from across the country. Your host for Strategic Insights is Brad Smith. And now, here's Brad. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Strategic Insights from Pride Staff. This is Brad, and I am pleased to have Eric Gregg, founder and CEO of independent research firm Clearly Rated, join us today. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it, Brad. Glad to be here. So before we jump in, Eric, your organization does some amazing research in several different industries. Uh, Today, we're talking specifically about employment and the workforce sector. So give us a little bit of background about Clearly Rated's experience in this area, if you don't mind. Yeah, so thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Uh, We have been studying the employment space for well over a a decade, actually now starting to get closer to two decades uh, as a part of this. So this is now our second uh, recession and recovery as we go through here. Uh, And the focus of our firm is really working with staffing and recruiting agencies Uh, helping them deliver exceptional service, helping them measure that through an online survey platform, uh, and then helping to bring transparency to the industry around which firms are actually providing the top service uh, at clearlyrated.com. So uh, we follow this very, very closely. We work with over 300 different staffing and recruiting firms in North America, uh, and it's a a passion spot for us, especially uh, on times like these where uh, the industry typically leads out of a recession uh, and, and is doing so again this, uh, this time around. So it's a pretty exciting time to be in the flexible workforce uh, place and, and especially uh, the research side of it because there is a lot that's changing right now. Excellent. So you mentioned that you've been through two recessions. So you've learned some lessons from the past and some of those carry over. Now, this, is, this one's been a little bit different. So tell us a little bit about what you've seen when it comes to hiring, recruitment, unemployment, Overall, what are you seeing and what should our listeners today be on the lookout for? Yeah. So unlike every other recession um, that that we've studied, and we've gone all the way back to the 70s, looking at how they impact not just overall employment, but uh, also temporary employment in that space and that flexible workforce. What we see are some things that are the same, uh, which is that uh, the temporary workforce tends to lead into a recession, which means that it gets reduced first, but it also tends to lead back uh, where it tends to Uh, be the first hiring that happens as people go back, as they sort of get on their feet, dust themselves off and and realize, okay, now we're we're done triaging and we're back to getting to growth and having to deliver on uh, our our business goals and promises. So we've seen that happen. This one um, is, of course, different for so many different reasons. Uh, the, The slope of the decline down into uh, into the, the higher levels of unemployment uh, was much steeper than it has been historically. But also we have come back much more uh, rapidly as well. Um, the bottom for the temporary workforce was around May. Uh, and so from that, that middle of May, uh, we've been consistently seeing the industry grow, some sectors more than others, uh, but we're starting to see uh, people, you know, putting uh, their their capital back to work, uh, needing to continue to revitalize uh, their products and, and take on additional projects, uh, and candidly just deliver uh, what the economy is demanding as the economy uh, continues to spend. So, so, Eric, you just touched on this a little bit, but with economic uncertainty, we often see companies switching more to a contingent model. So they're afraid to invest 
and tie up money in direct hires in increasing their overall spend. Are you seeing that more and more companies are turning to temporary or contingent workforces that maybe haven't in the past? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, Brad, because every single time as we recover from a recession, we set sort of a new plateau, which is the percentage of overall employment that is actually temporary help or flexible labor. Uh, and, and that's because as we came out, for example, 2008, um, and, and as we started to recover in 2009, 2010, by the time we got to 2014, uh, temporary help as a percentage of overall employment was uh, over 2% consistently which is still a very small number, but compared to historical levels of, you know, 1.6, 1.7%, that's a huge gain in terms of uh, the percentage. And, and we held that. We held that all the way until we uh, went into this last recession. Um, and I suspect when we come out, instead of, you know, 2.06 or 2.1%, you're going to see 2.3, 2.4%. And that'll become the new bar because not only uh, are people utilizing it as a tool to you know, give them some flexibility in uncertain times. They're also understanding that they need to be more strategic about a flexible component of their workforce long-term, whether that be uh, you know, talent marketplaces like Upwork or uh, you know, staffing agencies uh, such as Pride Staff and others, uh, they, they're understanding that it's really critical for them to continue to build out a flexible workforce that they can utilize uh, in good times and in bad. So let's talk about that flexible workforce a little bit. Your team recently wrapped up a job candidate sentiment survey. So you dug into some of the reasons or the benefits of working with a staffing agency. You looked at overall employee sentiment or job seeker sentiment. So at a very high level, what did your team find there? What we found is actually that um, you know, people in general are getting more and more open to the idea of gig work. Um, and, and as they look at uncertainty from a job candidate's perspective, uh, some of the same things apply. Uh, if you look at this recession more than any other, uh, it sort of rocked people to their core, right? People are, are questioning whether or not they wanna be in the same career arc questioning whether or not they want to live in the same place that they have been living, uh, much more so than we see during the typical recession. And so uh, what we're seeing is, you know, turnover is higher. Optimism is actually higher. And I think you've seen a lot of job candidates that are starting to take more active control again of their career and, and taking uh, meaningful assignments through a staffing or recruiting firm is one of the ways that they can really do that. It's one of the ways that they can bridge uh, across uh, a career to a uh, position that's maybe not directly the, the next line that they would be able to get on their own. Um, it's where they get guidance. A lot of people have been out of, uh, you know, searching for a while. If you've, if you've worked at the same company for five plus years, you, you go into a job search just a little bit overwhelmed, right? You know, the thing, last time I, I was in a job search, you know, Indeed wasn't even really there. And uh, I, I didn't even have the same players and I didn't have to think about, you know, what should my resume look like now? How, how good are my skills, right? Nobody has a really good uh, understanding of how good their, their skills are, or maybe they've atrophied some. And that's where a really good recruiter can actually add a ton of value to somebody in, in giving them some of that coaching, as well as giving them access to opportunities that just wouldn't be there otherwise. Uh, and that's, I think, the, the exciting part um, and where candidates are actually looking more to uh, some of the, that guidance from staffing and recruiting firms than they do during normal times. 
one thing that you mentioned there that really stuck out is that a job search can be overwhelming. And I think your point in working with a recruiter can really help that process. But when we think about technology and how fast things are growing, we see new job boards and social media has come into play. Do candidates feel that overwhelm or do they like the opportunity to use different technology and different tools? What was your finding there? That's a really good uh, question, and we are seeing a lot of changes there, Brad. Uh, but you know, just to underline the point that you made about the anxiety of a job search, we asked a question uh, that we hadn't asked for a few years, and we asked job candidates, we said, compared to other life events, how stressful is your current job search? And what we found is that nine out of 10 people found their current job search to be more stressful than things that we know are stressful, like planning a wedding. Uh, or the birth of a child. Uh, about two-thirds said it was more stressful than the anxiety they feel around uh, COVID-19. Uh, about half said it was more stressful than the death of a loved one, which is sort of amazing as we start to think about this. But, you know, essentially what that's saying is that, you know, if I looked around my table at Thanksgiving, I might be willing to trade, uh, you know, for, I don't have to be in this job search anymore for that, you know, one uncle that nobody likes, right? And, and it's really kind of puts into this stark contrast the, the emotional state that people are when they, when they do that job search. So the, the short answer to your question is that people want it all. You know, as part of a job search, I want a recruiter that's giving me context and guidance. Uh, and I want technology that is moving this along efficiently and giving me access to information when I want it. And so really, uh, much like we're going to be seeing a, a lot of things, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, you know, things around flexible work schedules and remote work. Uh, what, what we're really seeing, especially Gen Y and younger, is that they want that blend. Um, and, and that's how most of us are, right? Uh, we've all kind of been in that mode where gosh, I, I love to go on Amazon and be able to research on my own time at my own pace and, and make that purchase. But also, uh, when something goes wrong, I want to be able to get somebody. Uh, when, when I have a question that maybe isn't easily answered uh, through you know, a, a portal or a piece of technology, I, I want an expert to tell me what's, what we should be doing. And that's, I think, the, the key blend there is to have that technology uh, laid on top of a really strong network of recruiters. So, Eric, let's talk a little bit about the employer side of things. How can an employer make the job or the candidate search a little bit more effective? Should they be leveraging employment partners? Should they be using an outside source to help recruit? What's interesting is we've actually seen uh, just similar in a lot of trends. We've seen uh, utilization of outside staffing partners, whether it be through, you know, uh, RPOs, recruitment process outsourcing, or whether it be through traditional staffing firms or, or some other blend of that, we've seen organizations turn to recruiting partners at a higher level uh, than they traditionally have. And that's been a trend that's been happening uh, and it got accelerated as we went into COVID-19. And I think with everybody being very lean, as they have started to hire back, maybe they had layoffs, maybe they hit pause, maybe they were doing great and, and continued to grow. Um, but almost everybody, whether their uh, business is thriving or, or surviving, uh, they are making decisions uh, about employment and, and they're turning to the experts to be able to do that, not just the experts to be able to help them uh, improve that hiring process, but the experts to help them speed up that hiring process, uh, the experts to help them navigate where they should be posting. Uh, and we're seeing uh, staffing and recruiting firms get asked 
questions that they haven't historically been asked, which is, hey, where can you post this job to where we get a more diverse applicant pool? Um, what can you tell us about your hiring process to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to remove unconscious bias? Um, and so that partnership is actually growing uh, in strength. And in the research that we did with the American Staffing Association recently, what we found is that across the board, hiring managers are expecting their staffing firms to be a bigger role as they emerge from this recession um, and, and help them uh, balance that as they as they continue to grow. Eric, you brought up so many good topics there. And I love that concept of working with a strategic partner to help broaden your reach. That's a, that's a biggie. And we talked a minute ago about how job seekers are inundated with a variety of new technology, new tools. It can be slightly overwhelming. But working with a staffing partner who already is active on a variety of different job boards, already is active and has built a strong social network, is proactively and constantly recruiting and working hand in hand with employees and making their job search less filled with anxiety and making it easier for them, I think only sets employees up for success once they are finally placed at the end employer. Yeah, there's no question uh, that that's the case. And, and you have to really uh, make that decision thoughtfully. You know, that staffing firm becomes an extension of your brand. And, and it's a big part of the first really experiences that people have uh, potentially engaging and working with your organization. And there's staffing firms out there, uh, you know, like Pride Staff that candidly do a great job of not just holding true to your employment brand, but actually enhancing uh, that employment brand. And there's staffing agencies out there that don't. And it's an important distinction to be able to really vet the firms uh, that, that are you're considering to, to know that they're going to be delivering that type of experience that you want for your job candidates uh, as an extension of your brand. Now, Eric, when recruiting, whether you're doing the recruiting internally for yourself, whether you're working with a staffing partner, pay is obviously at the top of the list. So everybody wants to earn a, a good wage. They want to be fairly compensated. Let's say pays equal across the board. Beyond pay, what are the most impactful things that candidates are looking for? What's most important to them? Yeah, there's actually a lot. And, um, you know, when you answer this question, you have to understand that it goes beyond, you know, a simple answer. Uh, it's different in different industries. It's different by age. It's different across that side. And, and one of the most important things that people can do is to actually ask that question of, of their own staff uh, as a part of that. But generally speaking, beyond compensation, it starts to be things like benefits, um, and, you know, how the job fits into their life. Um, so that can be, you know, the commute, that can be the flexibility, um, that can be, you know, the ability to work remote um, part of the time, um, those aspects of it. And, and then the next level on that would be um, what I would say is sort of the professional development potential. So what, what does this do for my career uh, and growth there as a part of that? Uh, and then a really big piece of that comes down to culture. Am I going to like it there, right? There's a reason why people spend a lot of time on Glassdoor uh, looking at those reviews. There's a reason why um, people are trying to understand the company culture uh, and things along those lines. In fact, we uh, a couple of years ago, we asked a question where we said, what, what is the lowest annual salary that you would accept for a position? And so let's say somebody put in you know $50,000. 
we came back with the very next question. We said, okay, you're offered a position uh, that you're interested in at a company that has a strong reputation for being a great employer. Or we said, you know, at a company that has strong online reviews, something along those lines. And we said, would you accept the position? So we literally said, what's the lowest you accept? And then we came back at 10% lower than what they said. And what we found is about two thirds of people would accept that position lower than what they stated they would ever consider if the culture was right, if they had evidence that, that people really loved working there as part of that. So I think when people look at that employment brand, they look at it as, okay, that's how I attract top talent. Um, but it is a, an investment that actually does pay dividends in terms of what people um, expect to get paid to be a part of that environment. And Eric, would you say that online reviews like Glassdoor, Google, other places are a big chunk of employment brand? Huge, huge chunk of that. Um, in the and, and it really plays in two ways, right? So we'll talk about it just in, in the employer side of it. Um, and Glassdoor is really the king when it comes to uh, the employer side of that. They they have the best reviews and, and the most accurate views uh, when you look at sort of the employment brand aspect of that. Um, I suspect over time you'll see more uh, organizations that are providing those types of reviews on the employment uh uh, experience there, but right now they are the the really the kings on that side of it, um, and and we see people uh, utilizing that a lot. We also see, and this is an important distinction too. Uh, if you're going to partner with a staff and recruiting firm, you need to go do as part of your due diligence and see what their reviews say about them, not just because that's actually good due diligence to see what their clients say about them, but also because how they treat the talent is going to matter, right? We talked about it being an extension of your employment brand. It also is a barrier uh, or, or a tailwind in terms of their ability to get you top talent uh, as you go through that process. And so I think you really have to understand uh, what that experience is going to be like. And, and right now, the best way to understand that is through online reviews. In fact, uh, for the first time ever, job candidates across all age groups said that they trust online reviews even more than a personal recommendation about which organization to work for. Now, two years ago, we passed the threshold where Gen Y and younger trusted it more than a personal uh, re referral. But now, uh, even when you impact the fact that Gen X and baby boomers do that a little bit less uh, authoritatively, we find that uh, across all job candidates that that is the case. And, and it makes sense, right? Brad, if you tell me that, hey, this XYZ company is a great place to work, well, that's great, but that may be just your experience. Maybe you have a uniquely great manager and other people don't have that same experience. So why in the world would I not go out and see what 75 other people that have worked at that organization say about working there? It's just, it's the same thing that we think about when we look at restaurants, when we look at products. You could tell me that, you know, the Mexican taqueria down the, down the road is the best one in town. But if I go and I see that it has a 3.2 star rating and three different people said that they got sick there, I don't care how much you love it, you know, with your gut of steel that uh, apparently can take any kind of taco on the, on the planet. Uh, I'm going to go with the wisdom of the crowds and, and I'm not alone. And that's uh, why we see that online reputation every single year for the past decade. It's gone up and we've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And we're starting to see now people really paying attention to that and investing in, in the way that they should. Yeah, it's amazing how influential online reviews can be and an amazing part of your employment brand. And you touched on 
an important part when you're when you're looking at aligning yourself with a workforce partner, you do need to do that due diligence. So talk to me a little bit more about how an end employer out there, how a company can choose and, and find the right staffing partner. Yeah. So uh, we actually have uh, not only the largest, but I believe the only uh, marketplace of staffing and recruiting firms in the United States at clearlyrated.com. And that's a place where you can go and you can see uh, ratings from the clients, um, from their talent. Uh, in the next six months, you'll be able to see it from their internal employees as well. Um, there's never been an industry in the B2B space that's had more transparency than the staffing industry does on clearlyrated.com. And what that does is it allows you to go and uh, essentially mark that box that says, okay, I, I think I believe what this salesperson is telling me, what this strategic partner is telling me, what this recruiter is telling me, but I want to be able to go and prove that they're actually uh, able to deliver on that. And that's where you know, the, the uh, validated reviews and one of the things that we do different than anybody else is that our star ratings um, and the testimonials that we share are from validated, uh, you know, accurate, um, actual customers, actual placed talent that have been placed on that assignment, as opposed to uh, some of the other review sites where there's not nearly as strict of an adherence to um, that work relationship. So we, we typically have more ratings and we have more uh, current and accurate ratings than anybody else. That being said, you're still going to want to look and see what you know, people say on Google. Uh, you're still going to want to look and see what people say on Glassdoor. And you're going to want to build um, you know, sort of the entirety of uh, that. Uh, and then the other things that I would say is, is you, know, you need to ask them, like, what, you know, who else do you work with that looks like me? Um, who else do you work with that is a small technology company in the Pacific Northwest? And, and if they don't have answers to that, um, then they better have really good answers to everything else. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't consider them, but it does mean that, uh, that, that they need to be really head and shoulders above somebody who does have that sort of industry level expertise. So Eric, in the past, the term temp or temporary help or staffing sometimes had a negative connotation. As we move forward, we, we talked about how this past year has really kind of changed the world of work. Do you see temporary, flexible, contingent workforce as being a key to business success moving forward? Yeah, there's no question that it is. And, and you're hitting on just this absolute uh, hot button topic for me, Brad, um, because you know, the, the, the industry is guilty of this as well. Um, but certainly organizations talk about their temps where they talk about their contingents because we talk about contingent labor as well. And I will tell you right now, that is the most derogatory term that you can utilize for these individuals. And, and think about it for a second. Like, you know, what high school kid is looking at the next step in their career and saying, you know what, I'm going to be a temp. I'm going to be a contingent. And, and, you know, the very definition of contingent is, you know, derogatory as it pertains to somebody's skills and, and their ability to, um, you know, to, to deliver value for an organization. And so I, if there's one thing anybody listening today, if I could just implore you, don't use temp, uh, don't use contingent. It's an outdated derogatory term. Use talent. That's what they are. Um, they're talented individuals. Some of them may be talented in different ways than others. Some of them may be talented in ways that are super unique. Some of them may be talented in ways 
that aren't as unique, but they're all talent. Uh, they all create value for our organization, for our industry. Um, and, and the opportunity now is to really broaden the view of what we look for in flexible workforce. And, you know, that may be to help uh, with you know, ebbs and flows in production capacity. It may uh, you know, be utilized in ebbs and flows of a busy season versus your, your normal time. It may be because there's a specific project that you need some skills that you don't have. It might, it might, you know, so often we think about um, the traditional sort of old school view of temporary employment as being, oh, okay, uh, Betty's out for three weeks. And so we need somebody to replace Betty. Um, Joe's uh, going to be gone. Uh, and so we need somebody to replace Joe uh, for a short period of time. And that's not really how uh, the, the top organizations utilize flexible talent now. They utilize it far more strategically, uh, recognizing that some portion of their employment is always going to be with uh, you know, a flexible workforce and that they're going to augment their staff not just based on when they need resources, which is an important time to do it, but also based on when they need skills that maybe they don't need full time um, for you know, the, the rest of time, but they do need it for a particular project or a, a particular uh, time in, in space. Eric, thank you so much for your time and insight today. It was extremely beneficial. I hope everyone listening found some great takeaways. Any closing words of wisdom you have for employers that are really looking to enhance their brand and attract superstars? What we just went through in 2020 and what we're still to some extent going through in 2021 um, has been generationally defining. And to think that we wouldn't come out uh, of the other end of that radically different in, as a society and what we expect from uh, the institutions in our lives, including our employment, uh, would be uh, a little bit naive. Uh, and we're seeing that happen already. Um, and so my advice for anybody listening to this is uh, really make sure that you have a pulse on what your employees are thinking, feeling, um, the actions that they're taking. Uh, look at how you are intentionally or unintentionally creating a work environment uh, around the, that organization. And, and just understand that it's changing um, and that the first step to, to changing in a positive way is to understand that what worked in the past is not likely to be what works in the future. Um, I think the, the more that you can partner with the experts in the space uh, and those people that are doing hiring and recruiting at scale every single day, um, the better off you're going to be, not just in the hires that you, you make through a pride staff or a temporary employer, but also the hires that you make directly and, and filling um, traditional uh, jobs within your organization. Uh, we all have to be better. We all have to look uh, at, at what we're offering and continue to evolve that to meet the needs of not just the, the uh, majority, but, but also uh, the minority. Uh, and, and if we do that, then we will find ourselves in a position where we will be able to attract top talent. Uh, it's not just about compensation. Uh, it's about the entirety of that employment situation. And, and I think the firms that really understand that and do a good job of creating an exceptional workplace and also getting credit for that exceptional workplace uh, externally, those are going to be the ones that really win. Eric, amazing takeaways. And for those listening, I want to encourage you to visit pridestaff.com. 
Eric has been kind enough to also record a live webinar uh, under our Innovations Live webinar series. And he's going to dig into a lot of the information that he shared on the episode today, share tips and best practices for attracting the right talent, what's most important to them, and how you can set yourself and your workforce up for success moving forward. Eric, thank you again so much. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Strategic Insights brought to you by Pride Staff. Whether you're looking for high-level workforce consulting or staffing help to meet demands, Pride Staff is here to help.